At least the last time via the Babblecast. Yes, this is the We're final done. Babblecast. It's, it's been a fucking long road. It really has. What do we start, Vinny? I expect you to have this number ready. We started in, uh, I would say, I want to say August of 20... We started, uh, you and I, Diego, started in August of 2015 with David joining us in September 2015 when we moved from the pilot to the main series. So three and change years. Yes. It's really been three years. Wow. Okay. And we're all done. There is not a audiovisual media of Babylon 5 that we haven't partaken of. Yeah, we, we've done it all. Is, unless there's a, is there a video game? Please say no. I don't think there ever has. I think they've made maybe, but I don't, I don't think there was. I'm really... Okay with that. I'm just trying to make sure it be as exact as possible. Because obviously there's books. Yeah, if there's a video game that comes out, if there is an audio drama, we will be there. Do we have to? Yes. Yes. That was our solemn oath. (laughs) That being said, the odds of that happening are very low. And I'm going to say, thank fucking Christ, based on the last stuff that's been produced. Although this 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 last review session, then we'll have its pros and cons. I think this block is easily <laughs> the best block we've had in a long time. Yeah, since I mean, fourth, since season four, certainly. Yeah, yeah, which has been a long fucking time. Yeah, it's definitely better than last time. All right, so we're gonna start with the. TV film made for a sci-fi channel, right? Yeah, this this jumped the network. This jumped from TNT to sci-fi channel. Because a sci-fi Bab- channel was considering picking up a new TV series. Babylon 5, The Legend of the Rangers, which was the second TV movie that was meant to jumpstart into a series. The first that didn't work. Yeah, this, and this really, was supposed to be a if pilot. we could go back in time, we'd switch those, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, this was definitely more interesting. So the the synopsis is that this is taking place chrono- chronologically uh, after Third Space, after the film Third, or I'm sorry, after the film River of Souls, but before Call to Arms. Yes. So so Earth has not been infected with a disease. Yes, this no. is pre Crusade. So. The it surrounds a a, a, cert, a specific ranger, David Martell, mm-hmm. human, a human of course, and his crew of of humans, Mumbari, and other aliens mm-hmm. on his really crappy ship. They're all rangers, and okay, so like let's just so now that we know what it's about, more or less. When the fuck did the Ranger Credo become be dumb? I think when they got they when they got their own story time. Because they, they've always made it fairly clear in my mind that they're willing to die to save others or for the greater good, not because they can't retreat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so basically what Diego's talking about is the beginning of the movie, uh, 
the guy is in battle with his crew, and they get to the point where they have no weapons. If they pursue, they're going to die. If they retreat, they live. He makes a tough decision saying, okay, we retreat, we live to fight another day. And basically he gets court-martialed because of their creed of either you you can't get back away from a fight. Either, either fight and win or fight and die. Or and actively ignore, they decide to actively ignore the, the live for the one part of, the, of their credo. Yes, because yes. everyone knows Minbari are morons. Right, exactly. They are really, like, they decided to get in the, the race for dumbest group of people in, the, in Babylon 5, and man, did they get some chalk on that board. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was certainly at the end, but, but they they really pushed hard. They were like, ooh, we're falling behind, let's catch up. We oh. haven't done the dumbest things. Season so, four has some good points for us, but we're we're losing we're losing to the humans. You see that crusade so shit? <laughs> but so no, I'm gonna bring up like the three things I hate, so I can talk about all the good stuff. That was the number one. All right. So number two. Okay. <laughs> no. Why does why is the Grey Council in charge of the military wing of the Alliance? Were they part of the military wing, or are they just part of because he was a ranger? Well, they're they're in charge of the rangers because they've always been in charge of the rangers. But when the rangers became the police force of the alliance, surely that would have changed. I bet that's where you're mistaken. <laughs> Even then, though, the the Grand Council wasn't sort of directly above the rangers. They were really a sort of independent organization from the Mimbari, Even. They were of, officially. They were sort of separate. Right. They they're supposed to be. So this makes no sense because now the police force of the neutral interstellar alliance is like, like their actions are dictated by one of its members. Yeah. You would think they would create a new council that's like multiple, like a member from from each of the neutral line worlds or something. But no, something. Or, I mean, Delenn is the head of the Rangers at this point. Yes. But she... I don't understand what she's... But that should be... Has she delegated that to the Great Council? Apparently. Keep in mind, Delenn... anyone can walk into. Apparently, she's like, open council meetings now. Um, Delenn does not make an appearance in this movie. No, they couldn't afford her. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Um, They could afford one cast member, and they chose right. Yes, that's true. So, my last problem is the way they decided to make the weapon systems happen all of a sudden in Babylon 5 where you just have some chick floating in space punching and kicking at the other ships to reflect her shooting. This is the best part of the thing. I don't know what you're talking about. I love that. This was the worst part. It was cool in G Gundam. It's cool here. It is not cool here. It is horrible and stupid. Oh, it's incredibly stupid, and that's why it's cool. I feel like it's such a weird choice for Babylon 5. Oh, it's terrible. It is so un-Babylon 5. Exactly. This this shouldn't be Babylon 5, other than it's by JMS and up a Babylon 5 at anything. This could be a different universe with different rules. This is a different spec script. If they introduce, like, a new, like, alien race with new ships, and they did that, I would be like, okay, fine. But this is just, like, really? 
this is what you go through. Everything else is like a push button system. But now it's like uh, karate. Yes. Punch, punch, Not just karate, but zero G karate. Yeah. Alright, I'm good now. <laughs> I got that off my chest. This, it, it is the coolest, dumbest part of this thing. So, I actually, all that stuff said, I, I really kind of liked the movie. Yeah, so did I. I mean, it, it seemed like the acting was better, the plot line was made a lot more sense than was... Well, to me, it had just as corny of parts as Crusade, but somehow the way they... The way they framed it and kind of embraced it was much better. I I, I do love Corny. I think it's just the difference for me is like there was like a, a single plot line and we didn't bounce back and forth. It's like they had an hour and a half to tell a story and that's what they did. Well, that's like, yeah, but like there were just like, and that's a different matter because yeah. this is apples and oranges. This is one movie. Yeah. You can't really compare the two. But like, for instance, like uh, uh, the Human Ranger. David Martell and his best friend Membari Telepath Dulan, they had a weird jovial relationship that, like, they easily they they made work between the actors and the writing that could have easily just like if it had been done on Crusade, it would have been horrible. Yeah, yeah. Again, the acting was much better. Like, they made everything work really well. Um, so we did get um, as you mentioned. Um, we had and and Andreas Katsalas. We had Jakar, and he was there for the throughout the episode. Um, some, you know, sometimes less than others, but you know, he was there, beginning, middle, end. Yeah, like he was there to move the plot along. You know, like he was um, very helpful. And like when the guy was getting court-martialed, he's like, no, no, you live for the win. Yeah, somehow these secret Grey Council meetings he can just walk in there and be like ho 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 yeah and something so, that he was almost killed for in the pilot for even mentioning right he just you know about the great council yeah have 14 moons on your chest <laughs> um ah uh, the pilot someone <laughs> has those rings somewhere <laughs> uh, but no he was great and he was in top form yeah his humor was on point, his Jakar wisdom was tuned to 11. Yeah, like he just nailed it. Like, even the writers like nailed Jakar in this, which was nice. And, you know, the human David Martell is played by Dylan Neal, who's been in a lot of crap. It's mostly like soap operas and that kind of thing, but um, he did really well, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. He played the cocky Captain Kirk character pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved, loved. Loved um, the um, the Narn engineer. She was the best. <laughs> Not the drowsy lifter. Well, he was good too, and that's one. These those two characters are my argument for why it has to be Babylon. It's just because between the drowsy and the Narn, they do it really well. Yeah. This is like unlike Crusade, who was like alien schmalian. They actually made an active effort to pull in the other races that we've come to know and love. 
Yeah, and I love how they just, like, roll in, no explaining. It's like, they fit in perfectly. It's Babylon 5. If you're watching this thing, you should know who they are. And if you don't, it's fine. You'll catch on. Yeah. What was her name? Was that Nafil? No. Probably? Yeah, I think her name was Nafil. And, like, what was feel like they there was something going on between her and Jakar, because every time they were in the same room, one of them stared at the other. <laughs> There could have been. I mean, it could have been, like, if this actually went into a series, I could feel like they would have written something. Mm-hmm. I hope not. I don't know if I want a Jakar-based romance. I don't think it was a romance so much as, like, one of them seemed to know something about the other. <laughs> Again, would have been interesting, like... But, um, let's see. Things they did right. The sets were solid, very Babylon 5-esque, no ridiculousness, no major CGI. We'll mention things like that later in the episode. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of, like, in the, what, six years of this happening, like, you can definitely see the CGI coming, like... Yeah, but there's good and there's bad, and this this did it mostly fine. Yeah. This this had much more limited than Battle 5 usually does, and some really impressive stuff, actually, with some of the... Horror effects. Yes. And they, um, I felt like, at between, like, we've seen Crusade and this, and then we'll see, we'll talk about um, Lost uh, Voices in the Dark. And this is the one that does the external ships, like the externals of the ship, the yeah. best. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there were, there was some shine on it. Because, so. I mean, we'll talk about Voices in the Dark and. We've talked about Crusade, but like, and a lot of it just seems so fake and phony. And this, this was pretty, was pretty on target. Yeah. Um, but they do bring in like, so the the plot is basically like telling them the, their story. They're gonna save the day. They the the Valen, which is not the ship they get, no. gets destroyed. So it's very tropey, you know. The rust bucket survives, but the the fancy new ship um, takes a header, and you have um, the alien elder things from third space, like they're ancient servants. I don't think these are the third space aliens. I think these are another no, these ancient are... race. No, 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 no. See, from from what I understand, these the these are the servants of the third. space. Space aliens, like them and themselves, are ridiculously overpowered. Okay. They are the hand. Um. So they they're the bad guys, but somehow, no matter how overpowered you are, a good thermal grenade in your exhaust port will take care of business. Because no one ever expects the thermal degree. grenade right up the. No one would do it twice. He's, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. Like of all the ways that they could have ended. You know what? Makes sense. Like that's like they were never gonna think we were this big of an idiot. <laughs> we proved them wrong. Ah, <laughs> oh. it's a Zap Brannigan mentality of running a of a group here. Even with Zap Br- Brannigan, every now and again he gets one right. Okay, <laughs> this is the time where he got one right. Okay, fair enough. Now th- this isn't Zap Brannigan. This is something like a young Captain Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's better. Like, it's... He had a solid crew. They made an effort 
to to let you to give them all personalities and interactions together. Like this was this was what Crusade should have been. Yeah, like it's and considering they only had a movie to give like, like five seven characters character like character development, they did a really good job with it. Whereas Crusades had a season and uh, if this was a pilot and they did a, se- a season, I'd watch that season yeah. or at least I'd start it. Yeah, I would have given it. A, I would have given it a fair shake. Yeah, I'd probably fallen off of the Sci-Fi Channel. You know, they don't air things consistently. Right. But I, w- I would have like you too. I would have tuned in. I would have been like, okay, let me watch this now. I would have watched it when it was streaming years later. <laughs> So, do we have any other comments about this one? It was good. I I liked the the cultural interaction between the humans and the Mimbari. Actually, they did a good job making that feel a little more real. Talking about ship design, I think I love that conversation. Yeah. I did. Um, I liked that. I felt I, I had a little bit of an issue with the idea that there was still, like, after probably 15 years, if not longer, of interact of, like, Earth Mimbari interaction as rangers. They still treat all the humans as, like, juvenile. Has it been Especially that after... Like... Well, sure, this is... Oh, no, maybe not. Maybe it's been 10 years. But yeah, still, maybe. I mean, it's... This is 2265. Um... It's probably been close to 10 years at this point. Yeah, they t- I can still see there being, especially Membari, who are historically slow to change. But at the same time, they there have there are rangers out there, are human rangers out there that have obviously proven themselves and are the embodiments of these codes, like Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't... I mean, they're going to be quick to change. Or Brian Cranston. Yeah. 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 No, there there uh, are plenty yeah. of good human rangers. I don't argue with that. I'm saying that the Mimbari are, are always going to be slow to change, slow to cultural shifts. Hmm. Except the except Dulan, who's just there with human humor now. Yeah. There's always one. There's always one. It's always the cool ones for the story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... I did have one thing that I'll touch on again because it's a problem for me, okay. and I'm really hoping it's a problem for Vinny, or at least that he acknowledges that it's weird. Um, when did we start having anything remotely supernatural in Babylon Five? Ever? Uh, it was around this movie. There's always some other explanation. Right. Thank you. Exactly. There's always something. Like, nope, that wasn't this, it was this, or aliens, or energy. This is just like, nope, ghosts. Suck it. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Like, we know there are souls in Babylon 5 in the universe, and they have a connection to things. Right, but we also know... But there's more going... There's always something more going on than just sort of the... It's a ghost. Ghosts or demons Ooh. or whatever else. Right. And this starts it, and I don't like it because it's stupid. Like, it's it's not – like, I wouldn't mind it in the sci-fi, but we are in an entrenched sci-fi series 
that has made it very clear that the supernatural doesn't really exist. Especially because a big core idea of the Vorons and the Shadows are that they were those myths. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they needed another race. Like, that, like The idea of the hand doesn't... like They didn't need another race to be that. Like, there is... I would say that the shadows were the like the darkness cast out. That, that way were the ancient myth, but we learned that it's no, no, it's these new aliens who are that ancient myth. Yeah, the shadows, pff, they're kids. <laughs> that I, I guess, yeah, there's a lot. I guess that's my issue with a lot of like. I enjoy this as it for what it is mm-hmm. for Babylon Five like universe stuff. It's like this doesn't fit. No, the it doesn't. Is, You're right. Like the tension is lost once the Voile and the shadows leave. Of all of, of like that storytelling, it is, and it really should just be like it should move into a more primarily political arena. Yeah, maybe that was the shift that they needed to keep going. But they didn't yeah. keep going. They, all, like, they like big conflict, and I think Jameis has trouble not selling big conflict. Yeah, and I think he doesn't know how to write big conflict that's not. Lots of guns and ships. Because mm. there's plenty, like, you know, like modern stuff has shown us that there's plenty in past stuff, like historical stuff. There are plenty of ways to do, like, large stories that don't involve, like, active conflict with an unimaginably evil force. I mean, like, the, you can do things. Like, the Earth War is part of that. That was a good shift. That was done well. Mm-hmm. I think the aftermath wasn't done as well as it could have been. No. But the initial shift. I lied. That was is, my last thing. <laughs> and then this, this is setting up another sort of, like, big conflict in that same way. Like, it doesn't feel quite right. No. No. Because, the, so for one thing, the the Shadow War was born out of history and prophecy. Yes. This is just like, by the way, we're here if no one's ever heard us, but uh, we were here the whole time. Watching. We're the newer, bigger, better bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's them trying to escalate, but not doing it right. It's very Saturday morning cartoon. It's like where the Drock always are boring. It's like, hey, we got rid of Shredder, now we have Krang. Yes. There's always Serpentor waiting in the wings. <laughs> Excellent. Well played, sir. Alright, let's move to the Lost Tales, Voices in the Dark. And we and this is how we end it. The Lost Tales. Over here and over there. We have two different um, stories. It was a direct-to-DVD production. And there's one story surrounding uh, Colonel Lockley. Mm-hmm. And one story surrounding... Um, Valen, the techno mage, along with Sheridan. Yeah, really, President Sheridan story. Yeah, Valen's just guest starring. <laughs> Gail is showing Brock to bring the story back to Babylon Five. So here's what I'm gonna. So for the first one over here, the only thing I really it needed to not be if it, if if no reference to Babylon Five was made through the course of this story, it would have been a solid piece of fiction. Yes. This is absolutely the better half, in my opinion, too, this time. It is, which 
pisses me off because I hate Lockley. Yeah, no, like it was a very nice self-contained story. But this is the problem is that they've again validated the supernatural, and like it just didn't belong. Like if this was just if I had turned on the Twilight Zone and and it was a completely different cast in space and I was watching this, it's a good story. It's fun. Yeah. It's creepy. Well, totally it brings interesting ideas, but yeah, putting Great, it in Babylon, yeah. it doesn't fit in Babylon Five. And not at all, not remotely. Yeah. So, what's the plot of this one? For so our listeners, the, the plot of this one is that there is a Babylon Five tech that has come back from vacation and is exhibiting. Signs that you would that that immediately like move someone to believe they're possessed, and he is imprisoned for his own safety and everyone else's. And Colonel Lockley has brought in the local priest. To... Which there are there were priests on the station. Well, there were there were definitely like a, yeah, there were absolutely priests on the station. There were monks on the station, but there were also priests that we saw. No, you're right. There, they, they, there was a large human religious groupings, um, just not the right priest, apparently. And by the way, why the fuck did they make the Pope a, a man again? Come on, I guess it hasn't I guess, been that long. I guess between Babylon Five and the Crusade is another Pope. Yeah. Because there is Pope Beatrice the Second in Baton Crusade. We don't mm-hmm. get her name in Babylon Five. Right. And then now there's a boy pope again. Which... There's a, there, yeah. Stupid boy pope. So there are at least three popes in this in Babylon Five story, unless that you all know he did say for him as a man. I could see that using Holy Father as a, as a overarching term. True. He was referred to as him. Well, my assumption, my, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that not every priest is trained or capable of performing exorcism. That would fit. That makes the most sense. So oh, she got wow. the nearest priest that is. She, she sent, sent a letter to the Vatican to get to get the nearest exorcist in. Apparently. And, like, I like the way this works. It just doesn't look like, as we said before, it doesn't fit in the Babylon 5 mythos. Because this is basically telling us demons are real. Mm-hmm. And they've been imprisoned on Earth. Their fall is the the fall to Earth, denying them the heavens. They're locked into Earth. And in order for them to escape, they have to escape through possessing them. Pos- yeah. Possess the body and then leave. And then be exercised, because apparently they can't voluntarily leave? Apparently not. This is this is Babylon 5 rules. I don't no. know. I don't also I don't know what the rules are on this one. Well my, I guess like that was just like I, my assumption is that it's just part of their imprisonment. Just yeah. that they have to they have to be unlocked out of the human. Yeah. They they need to they need to free the power rates at this point. Although I'm not 100% that sure that's true, mainly because of one thing. They were very careful not to let the, the possessed per- person know that they weren't going to, they were going to wait till he was back on Earth to exercise him until after he was tranked out of his mind. 
And my my kind of, my the reason I felt like they were doing that was so as not to risk him jumping to another person or just out. Quite possibly. Like I guess I just felt like he was trying to play a game, and if he figured out that game wasn't going to work, they're like, "Oh shit, he'll just be gone." Yeah. But it, like, it was a good story between it was just Lockley, the priest, and the guy. Yeah. Like it was just like them three for like a half an hour. I feel like we don't really get with Babylon Five. Um, yeah, it was it was an episode of the Twilight Zone and Babylon Five. Yeah. yeah this this. This would be fit better in a different anthology. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a Babylon 5 anthology with, like, standard episodes, but nothing. The, the, the plan for this is they were going to do several of these DVDs over the years. With two or three each. Mm-hmm. So this but. is the first ep- You're right. This is the first episode that lets us know that Dreamhacker Straczynski is a dinosaur at a time time of the future because he finally gets like he's directing these but he has no experience directing like the kind of sets and cgi that's active in these shows these movies they have a, a interesting budget they have some they have like the talent behind the cgi and he's just making some really weird creative choices he he did an okay job directing the first half, actually. I think that in terms of the characters, yes. In terms of the set design and that kind of thing, I, I think he failed. Or at least he got the camera work, I felt, like was, was interesting and fine in the first half. Um, I don't know. I guess the camera... Some of the... Like like I said, it, a lot of that was, uh, was decent. But the, anything that involved, like... Like this, the heavy CGI spaces and stuff like that was just poorly done, in my opinion. And like there was a there is an entire huge scene with Lockley in her cabin and things happening, and I'm just like, this is awkward. And are you guys poor? Is that why you just couldn't? That, apparently, that wasn't CG. That was all real sets. No, yeah, the, the cabin itself was real sets, and it was weird. Yeah. That was just bad uh, HD camera use, I think. They also did – they used a lot of, like, fan-created models, and you can tell. Really? Yeah. Okay. They, they brought in new models for this whole thing, which Weird seems a little off. Which I think is because if they were still using the models from, like, the TV series, those would be, would be pretty rough-looking on HD. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that, absolutely. So, so, but I, I did have a problem with like, like there. This was so like weirdly minimalist, and it would be okay to have minimalist if you had a a director that was knew how to use it. Yeah, and and you didn't here. As opposed to someone mm-hmm. sort of making their first or really second uh, time behind the camera. Right. He yeah, because he he never really directed before this. He, he did sleeping in the light. He did the, the finale and then this, and that's it. Huh. I yeah. didn't realize he directed so little. Yeah, he wrote it all. He wrote he a direct, ton of stuff. He didn't direct anything. Interesting. And this did sort of acknowledge the deaths of uh, Richard Biggs and Andreas Kotsilas in this episode. It did. They are beyond the rim. Yeah. That's it. They're exploring now. And I guess they couldn't, like, kill them off 
right yet, but it's, I like it. It's poetic. It's 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 what he means. Everyone knows. Yeah, we all. I, I think everyone knew that there was the acknowledgement of uh, what was happening. Yeah. So. So let's go to the second half. Yep. So the second half, where like I would, it was interesting. Like Sheridan is just getting on my nerves <laughs> in his old age. He's getting yeah. more Sheridan in the worst ways. Yes. I feel like that's how most people age. They just get more of them in the worst. But we do get a new character, um, the Centauri Prince, who's the son of Cartagia, so the Car- previous emperor. Yeah, his the son of Cartagia. The I think the illegitimate son of Cartagia because he was said to have no legitimate heirs. Yeah. yeah. So like the the illegitimate son of Cartagia, Dios Ventari, who I really enjoyed. He is yeah. he is like a weird juxtaposition. Of, like, Cartagia, Londo, and Veer, all in one character. <laughs> we need a Centauri. Can we get all of them in one? Because he was, because he had, like, a little crazy maniacal. He definitely had, like, the bitterness of Londo. And there was just this, the joyous kid of Veer. <laughs> they were all fighting to get out. And he blended them together really well. Like,. But I really liked his character, and I'd be like, if there was a Babylon 5 series and he wasn't in it, I tell them to go fuck themselves. Isn't that? Yeah, what I do want to see where that story goes. I would too, and we never will. Yeah. So let's be. It's, this, we're better off that way. Yes, let's be careful. We've already we've already wished for things on the monkey's paw and got what we deserved. Let's be careful. <laughs> I mean, we did get our Rangers sitcom. Because let's be honest here, Legends of the Rangers is a, is it would have been the Rangers sitcom. Yes, you're you're correct. That is a Rangers. Sitcom. Be careful what you wish for on the monkey paw. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, I would probably watch it, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, the plot of this episode is that you have Sheridan and he's going to a party yeah. on Babylon 5, the 10th anniversary that of the Alliance. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he first he does like uh, an interview with um Terry something, like the, the, the doctor from Stargate SG-1. I was going to say ISN. I don't know her name. Yeah. With a reporter, they do an interview. And we get Dream Interlude with um, Galen, who... He's back. Who we reuse some, some scenery where he gives him a new prophecy of the world ending. And, oh. he's, and he says that this, this prince... Theos Ventari is going to be the one in 20 years' time to raise the Earth. Yeah. So he's got to murder him. Yeah, no other options. Just straight up kill the guy. Fucking shank him in his sleep. Yeah. Smother him with a with a tempedic with a memory foam pillow. Yeah. Right. So why can't Galen do that? Because that would be too obvious. Because Galen, no, an idiot. no one would suspect a techno mage. Galen's an idiot. Galen's a troublemaker. Like like we've said, he's a, he's an asshole Vorlon. Yeah, and this is the problem: is that the Vorlons were assholes. 
Or like a cheeky Vorlon. Yeah. And he was like, there was like, apparently Straczynski just decided that everyone could be funny. Like, <laughs> Why not have some fun with it? He, might have, I, he was two steps away from doing knock-knock jokes. That would fit Galen. To be fair, that would fit what we know of Galen. Yeah, and I would want to hear their knock-knock joke. Like, honestly. <laughs> so, we get to meet the Ospentari, and he's got the accent, and he's young, and he's evil, but good. He's young, so, so we don't know evil. where. <laughs> he, he is, but at the same time, he could be good. Yeah, like, like he, Londo. Yeah, like he's that yeah. young, impressionable evil. Like he can still be good. He just needs like the right influence. He could be good in an he he could be good in an evil way. Yeah. <laughs> he could be evil for the side of good. Exactly. Um. So Sheridan has the opportunity while they're in uh, they go in Star Furies, which by the way, Star Furies are a lot more roomy now. Yeah, where are you supposed to put the camera? <laughs> Like, obviously, you need space. Like, they used to be, like, here, hunch over in front of this control panel, and now they're like, no, you're standing. This is a standing desk. Look, they, they learned a lot about how about health, and they decided to design <laughs> them around that. It's yeah. a new initiative that Earth that uh, Earth Force put in. Uh-huh. So they... Why the fuck would you let any military leader, though, in a fighter plane of any sort? Well, it's not even that, is. Why would you let anyone from a foreign government in your fighter? Because how else are you supposed to shoot him down? Like, it's just like, yes, please feel free to pay attention to all the proprietary technology here. I'll write down anything you need. Ask questions. I'm right here. I mean, be sure to take it home. We've never had any problems with the Sitar in the past, like, three or four years. It's fine. Right. They certainly didn't leave the Alliance under suspicious circumstances. Minor details. Minor details. And you, and obviously, from your interview in ISN, you know that Londo is the picture of mental health right now. We are stuck to hold up on other measures. Again, so, Sheridan's yeah. the dumbest person. You know, and, like, I like how Dios Ventari is just, like, so you're inviting me to your home? Why? <laughs> you know what, honestly? Didn't this come out of nowhere? Yeah. And honestly, I love the fact that he was he was just like, what the, really? Why? What, like, why, why? What's your game, old man? Yeah, like, honestly, I... I probably would have had the same reaction. It's like, why are you being so nice to me? And it was just out of left field. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is trained to be suspicious, like he should be. Yes. And I love that was totally 100% in character and is just like, explain this shit to me. <laughs> but Sheridan doesn't have subterfuge. No. No one in Earth Force has subterfuge. He doesn't even have diplomacy. He runs roughshod with intimidation. <laughs> It's always got somehow and deception. Somehow it worked. He like he doesn't he can't hide things, but he can lie to you. He has a surprisingly good. He he uses his charisma to deceive you to make you think he's dumb. He just started in deceiving, like deceit. 
That's all he did. He's a low-down, dirty deceiver? Yep. Because, like, that's the thing. He's not good at hiding things, but he can lie, and it's a really weird line to draw. At what point does he become the head of the Rangers, my question, also? Sometime in the next ten years? Yeah, because like, that window is shrinking of when he when that, when that they switch jobs. Well, it should be somewhere in the next nine years, because the Alliance formed at the end of season four, so basically yeah. the beginning of season five. So that's a year there, and then this is ten years after five, so it's been 11 years off his 20. This is probably the end of his term, I would say, then. I guess. I would think. Who knows how long these fucking terms are. Well, we know he's he's been like the, the Ranger one for like probably a few years before he I dies. Mean, I'm guessing that they do five year terms and that he got really he's gonna do like he's gonna do like finish out his four years and then become the head of the Rangers. Yeah. I, I guess that's what's gonna happen. Because other than that, they really do need to um, like add, add some fucking term limits too on these people. Because <laughs> I'm sure like any reelection, Sheridan just was like. Y'all should reelect me, and they're like, okay. Well, plus, like, anyone who says that the, like, the alliance should not last past the Like, mm. if it, if you're thinking about this legitimately, it only lasts because they're, like, two, like, fucking heroes are the president, and there's no, like, wrestling for other cultures to have a president or, like, fighting over that or anything. As soon as open elections happen... Which they don't know how to do. <laughs> no. Everything's gonna fall apart. Sheridan kind of got declared president or declared himself president of the Alliance. Yeah. yeah. And God knows what shady shenanigans happened to make that happen. I don't want I think to they know. all just love Sheridan. Yeah. And you can get away with having the Len. He's basically like, I want the Len to succeed me. Succeed me. And they're all like, cool. <laughs> But you can work with the land. Right. As, yeah. as soon as you have open elections from with representatives from multiple planets trying to become the, the alliance president, you're done. It's done. Well, let's be honest here. We're not sure what the alliance does. Like, is it is it a real government? Is it the UN? Sure. It seems like a halfway between those two points. It, it all, Honestly, I feel like it's whatever the story needs at that moment. It's true. It's definitely no Star Trek Federation. No. No. No, absolutely. It's not a unified government with sort of representative like you know, groups within it, but it's not... It see, I mean, it does have some military capacity of its own in the Rangers. Which are really a paramilitary force that could really go rogue any moment. Yes. Yeah, the wrong person at the wrong time. Uh, so in any case, Sheridan um, invites Dios Ventari to... Come back to Minbar after the party with him, where he'll right. show him his. He'll actually he'll help him learn how to, you know. Uh, he'll train him how to not be evil. Yeah, pretty much. No, no, no! Don't commit genocide. <laughs> See, look, don't burn the city down. <laughs> but how else will I rule my enemies? It's gonna, like he's gonna give him a gun, and he's gonna just pop up things. And he's gonna be like, "Do you shoot this one or this one?" And he's gonna. Choose one, he's gonna be like, wrong! You shoot neither! <laughs> she shoots both. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the, uh. That's it. That's the story. Like, we don't have anything that happens in Babylon 5 after this. 
were there any like comic books or anything after this, or was this like it? There was something there, before this, and there's a mini comic that came out with this DVD that shows you the adventures of Chikar and Franklin. I don't want to watch it. I'll read that, but I kind of don't. I'm surprised there hasn't been, like, a, I mean, I guess JMS is too stubborn to do anything with it at this point. Unless he has full creative control. Yeah, but also, like, I feel like this came out a little bit before, like, comic book continuations were a thing. Because I feel like Buffy was, like, the first real series with, like, Josh Whedon that was, like, comic book! Season, uh, but they that. could do one now or have done one in the past like five years. No, that's that's the key. Like there have been plenty of comic books, TV stuff. Okay. But but Buffy was the first one where Joss we like where someone went. This is the next season. Okay. Like there's like, there's tons of comic book TV. Okay. I mean, starting with Doctor Who. That is very true. Yeah. But. No, Buffy was definitely in that that Whedon verse was definitely the first one to start just being like, this is the next season and this is how we're rolling. Yeah. And everyone, okay. Yes, Joss. So Straczynski, of course, blamed any kind of return on this, on the budget, and I'm sure any number of other things. The the budget and the writer's strike were the two big hits on this one for him. This came out when the writer's strike happened? It happened just that they were in pre-production for the second one when the writer's oh, strike okay. happened. Yeah. And then that got scrapped by Warner Brothers. Which is a little sad. I would have liked to see more episodes like this. It was kind of nice to have, like, the Babel anthology. The claim is it, it did, it, it, it exceeded expectations, blah, 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 writer's strike. Mm. But from what I understand, like, most of these things... Ex- Exceeded the expectations of the producers. It's that, just a matter of whether they're good. That seems to be his narrative. Yeah. His narrative is, is it always does well, and then someone fucks it. Someone does something. Grumble, 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 grumble. I'm JMS working on my biography and then tweeting on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. So yeah, um, we have we saved some questions. We did save some questions. We're going to start uh, with uh, It's Basil. The, I want to with It's Grant the Thief, or Grant the Thief. I often hear the show Lauded as one of the greats. How well does it hold up? Is any, is there any particular before-you-watch advice you'd give someone starting the show for the first time? And lastly, what's the landscape for watching regarding DVDs, streaming, etc.? All right, so I think the last part is easiest, which is that for the main show, it's streaming on Amazon. Yeah. Yes. And that is uh, an improvement from when we started this project. It is. Because uh, when we were, like, it's been on various of these streaming medias. It's settled on Amazon for now. I think that's where it'll be in five years. But but the movies and anything extra are not on there. It's no. just strictly the seasons. Yeah. And those are generally harder. Yes. You can you can purchase them on Amazon to stream there. Which is it's something. part of the Prime model. Yeah. <laughs> It's still so, it's still accessible. Nothing is impossible to get. It's all on DVD still. Yeah. It's all relatively cheap. That's a fair asking price. I think the only DVD that, that isn't available is 
the the single release of The Gathering and The Beginning, but those have been re-released separate with the movie collection. Right. All right, so Babylon 5, the, the show proper, is absolutely one of the greats. Like, it lives up to that reputation. I think that we, I certainly myself on this rewatch, discovered that season one is remembered poorly, but is not necessarily a bad season. No. Coming in from a fresh set of eyes who have never watched it, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, there's definitely other space sci-fi fantasy shows that I enjoyed more. But it's definitely, I would say... Get out! <laughs> shut up. Um, I definitely enjoy I would definitely enjoyed it enough to say, give it a watch. Like, it's worth your time. It's still one of my favorites, although after three and a half years of being forced to watch it and review it, I'm definitely going to take me a break. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. You didn't know that we're going to do a marathon, like, next month? Get the fuck out. <laughs> Get out. Um... I would say, like, if you haven't been following along with the Battlecast, I would just say my the diluted opinion is the first four seasons are definitely worth watching. I would watch a curated version of the fifth season. Yeah. And then yeah. anything else, choose at your own risk. I feel like that's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we gave you sort of the guide of what to watch beyond that. Of what of what's in the movie collection to watch? Yeah, and I'm which I, which I would say is in the beginning, and Legend of the Rangers at this point. Yeah, and you know, frankly, I would watch um, Voices in the Dark. I would too. Um, they were definitely enjoyable, albeit a little out of place. All things considered, I would only watch them though if you if you did obviously if you found yourself enjoying Babylon Five. Yeah. One's a good story, and one is an interesting bookend. Yeah. It brings more... It, it's a better extent, possible extension of the story than I think the others have been. Because mm-hmm. it is bringing in that idea of a non-war political solution but, concept. Um, right. Before you watch, I'd say temper your expectations. No. Know that if you're going to start, the first season starts out a little slow, and it's it evolves to having a more unified storyline. The CG's never good. Well, yes. I mean, but if you like old sci-fi, you're coming used to that, so... But at this, this is the time period though of like good TV models. This is this is the time period of like DS9 and Next Generation had fantastic models. Yes. Yeah. Um... And last, I would say that it does hold up. I feel like it's we've been watching it the last three and a half years. We've been nostalgic, but we've also had David, who had no nostalgia towards it. And I think that I think the story holds up. It holds up well enough for again. I definitely enjoyed watching it in, you know, starting in twenty fifteen. Um, so I definitely say you would enjoy watching it. Yeah, I I, I put the recommendation on giving it a shot watch the first four seasons no matter what and then you know maybe pay attention to our our battle cast of the fifth season and pick and choose yeah take a listen again yeah. or just go to the finale you can you absolutely can 
Yeah, if you, if you don't want to really have to, like, skim that hard, just go right to the finale. But what you can do, if you need just a little something more than that, you can watch the first episode of the fifth season. Because you do get some fun Jakar knock-knock jokes and a little more Garibaldi not being a complete tool. I mean, more the more Jakar, the better. I mean, obviously. But um, I think we've I think we've answered Grant's. Uh... Yeah. The question is answered. Dumb. So we went we went through some of these last time. From it's Basil time. Um, we're more okay than we were. Yes. Yeah. This is. I don't. I. I. I think. Uh, Dago said in one of our group chats of I, he was ready for like disaster. I was ready to hate it. <laughs> yeah, I think we were all we were all ready going to going going guns a blazing. Yeah, like the like I don't know if there was a bar because the, it was so low. Like. <laughs> it was just on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> we just walked over the bar <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like season five set a low bar. Crusade managed to fail that jump. It was so under the earth that we almost tripped, <laughs> yeah. expecting there to be a bar. Um, this had something going for it. So we're doing a lot better now. We yeah. are, but thank you for asking. Um, now that I now that I think you have watched more Bite B5 than anyone else has recently, should I go back and watch? If I go back, what should I watch? Oh, what's your previous watch? answer? Yeah, pretty much. We we answered Grant. This is like well, it's the same way. Yeah, yeah. watch those first four episodes seasons, and you've seen it before, so you can probably curate your own season five adventure. You know, and, you know what you want. And if you've watch. seen it before, watch the pilot. If you've seen it before, watch the pilot. I don't think if you go in blind, you need to watch the pilot. But if you've seen it before, yeah, you should watch that pilot again. Yeah, yeah, I liked the pilot with the moon rings and whatnot. Okay. Like always watching pilots for series, it kind of helps set up stuff. Uh, let's see. But Battle of Five re reset up enough things because there was there was a good gap between that pilot and season. Hmm. Any thoughts on how the WB refuses to let Straczynski touch anything B five? Well, a I don't think that that's necessarily completely true, and B if it was true, based on what we've seen, it's probably for the best. Yeah, like it's. Mm. Sometimes it's done, and I think it's it's done. So let's just walk away. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily believe that the narrative coming from Shizinski is the truthful narrative. There might be some truth in it. To, 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 to quote Ambassador Kosh, understanding is a triple-edged sword. Yeah. Yes. We, we, we have JMS's truth. We don't know. We still need the two. We still need the, the the real truth, and we still need Warner Brothers truth. Yeah. Right. So we, we we can't understand right now. But in any case, I don't think if there's nothing ever anything else Babylon Five that that is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Like enjoy it for what it was, and there's other stuff. Let's see. How has Straczynski's work changed from B Five to now? I don't think I've seen or read a lot of other. I don't think he does TV now. Yeah. Uh, he did Sense Eight, but that's that's been over for a year. Oh right, he did oh, do Sense Eight. Okay, never mind. I actually watched Sense Eight. I actually enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, that that was him and the Wachowski sisters. I don't know. 
Like, I read a lot of his comic work, which I believe took place after Babylon 5. Pretty much all of it, yeah. And like I said... Which sort of, I think, mixed in a little bit, at least after TV series. Right. Like I said, I really enjoyed his Spider-Man run. I enjoyed the first few issues of Grounded, but really, he didn't do too much Spider-Man and Wonder Woman after that. I did... I have read all three volumes of Superman Earth 1, and I liked his take on it. I'm not saying it's, like, epic literature Anything, but he did a decent job. He's still a pretty good writer, like of stuff. All right, let's see. What would you like to see Straczynski take on next? I think the man needs to to take a break. He needs to go go rest. Yeah, go have me time. I mean, I think he's in his break right now. So I think you know when he wants to, if he wants to come back, I'll give him. I I will give him a fair shake if I have the time. Yeah, I'm not sure what I want him to do. Like, I want him to do his own thing. I don't want him to like. Like, I don't want him to reimagine anything. I don't want him to, like, go into a different... Like, I don't want him to write Superman or anything. I want him to do his own thing. Yeah, like, there's yeah, nothing see, that comes to I want to see his mind. own thing, and I want to see, I want to see a new thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what... Yeah, no more Babylon 5. Yeah, that's, that's a consensus. Go write something new and go put it out. Let's see. Number seven. You are okay, right? No, we're okay. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're again, last week, valid question. Crusade was a rough time. But we're done now. And we're done, done. This is it. There's no more. <laughs> yeah. We're exiting the tunnel. Everyone off the station, out into the station. Yeah. Toot, toot. Let's see. Are you planning on doing something this long form of a podcast again? There, nope. No, there's no current plan, and I don't think that I would be very excited for a a three and a half year long plan. Like I'm not saying that I would never do another long form podcast, but this was ambitious at a level that we didn't understand it started. <laughs> no, we, we. I mean, we had an idea that would take years to do. We didn't realize that it would. What years meant? Yeah. <laughs> What life happens. And, and now we do, and it's different. And we, you know, I think we we, well, we miss being all geeks considered full yeah. time, <laughs> at least for us. We may do sort of like maybe two or three, like three, four month projects like that, but no more three or four year projects. Right. And I mean, we'll, we'll, yeah, David's been a good friend of the show for three and a half years now, and we're going to keep on inviting him on to watch stuff, but we're yeah, ready to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to doing... Well, I guess it's different for me. I, like, I'm not opposed to doing, like, a little long-term thing, but I'll, you'll definitely hear from me again, popping in here and there. Well, if anyone wants you, they can go to your knitting channel. Yeah, that's true. But I definitely enjoyed... It was definitely fun to watch and commiserate with people. I, I also don't know what else I'd be interested in doing in the same way. I think that's also another thing is, like, I don't know if there is another thing that we want to do like this. No, I agree. Obviously, uh, the entire cheers averse. Oh, God. And I'm out. Good night. I liked Frasier. 22 seasons. Oh my god. Wait, really? Yeah, between Frasier and Cheers. Oh, okay. I was like, I didn't realize one of those shows was that long. Yeah. Uh, let's they're, see. But they're both 11 seasons. That's. They're both very long. Oh, I like this one. 
Question number nine. How has focusing so hard on one series made you think differently about podcasting? That's a really good question, and I'm not sure you're going to get a great answer. <laughs> um, I think that we mentioned part of it. Like, I know that Vincenzo and I definitely are feeling our roots calling us. Yeah, we, we, we've been we, saying that for about a year or and more now. And, I mean, we have. Like, this year, we made, we made a consistent... Con- a conscious effort to to do things that we found fun in the podcast because the first two and a half years of doing this kind of like slowed us down. But I think that that's going to continue more so. Um, I think that it's a difficult question to answer because we're we're only half of this equation. There's another half of the equation, which is the the people who are listening to the podcast. I do know that I've gotten – I feel like we've gotten more feedback on that than we do on a lot of the stuff we do. Mm -hmm. We've gotten – yeah, but it's it's quieted down recently, I think, just because it has been – it's tough to keep up a commitment of listening to a podcast about a TV show for three and a half fucking years. Especially when you can just watch the TV show in a couple months, tops. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if we, if, we, if we were, like, watching the way we would normally watch it, we would have been done in, like, February of 2016 if we were going slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, so I don't know. Like, I think that that's going to be something that if you listen to us in the next few months as we're kind of, like, getting distance from it, as we're podcasting other things, I think you'll hear talk about it more just because it will come up fluidly and organically but just as a straight answer I'm not sure how it's at least made me think differently about podcasting except that it has definitely made me appreciate what we do do that hasn't been the Babelcast mm-hmm. yeah I mean I, I also think it is an interesting difference of you know we normally do sort of longer form things like doing a whole season at once as opposed to doing a handful of episodes mm-hmm. And they, this has given a more that granular view has been an interesting way of looking at something. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I I think that the best thing we did for the Babelcast was to was to get David on board to watch it with us because I think that we just would not it would not have had the momentum we wouldn't have had the momentum. We needed to finish if we didn't have David along for the ride. Oh no, we would have given up a season. You're we would have given up a season two. And I'm sorry. <laughs> little, no, little bit, no, little bit of both. Again, we, no, we, we enjoy. We loved the rewatch. Yes, we would have given up a season two or something. Or no, stubbornness would have kept us here, but it would have been more. There would have been a lot more hate. Yes, I think, but I don't know. I just really, I'm really proud of the fact that we've done this, and I never want to do it again. The fact that we could do a three and a half year project, mm-hmm. like the podcast is, isn't a cohesive theme usually, like for that kind of time frame. No, I mean our the, the, our inherent name <laughs> dictates is, that it's not a unified theme. Our core concept is what the fuck are we doing next time? I don't fucking know. Oh, what do you want to do? Sure, I'll do that. We're we're all guys considered how we plan it's, every episode. Yeah. Who's turn to play the episode? I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I do. Let's see. We both do. We both have three and a half years of built up ideas. <laughs> There's a list somewhere. <laughs> um, and lastly, um, watch anything good recently. Um, 
I, I know I mentioned something last time. I forgot the name of it, but uh, I've been watching uh, Westworld. I haven't watched the second season, so I'm rewatching that, which is nice. Okay. Uh, we finished The Expanse season three. We're waiting with the rest of the world for season four. Um, right now, like to, as an in-between break, since those of you who have listened to us for a while may know that my wife and I take turns dictating what we're going to watch at night, and The Expanse was her choice. I have bowed out of having to make a choice right this second, and we've been watching a rewatch of Doctor Who from River Song's chronological perspective. So we start watching it when she's born and go as she ages up. Eventually I want to do something like that because I know there's people that have made like the episode guide for that. They're, they exist and it gets a little, for lack of a better term, timey-wimey towards the middle, but um. you, if you were more hardcore than I am, you'd be rewatching several episodes <laughs> within the same rewatch. Yeah, but it seems, it seems tired. Which is why we do that. <laughs> Even I'm probably a little bit more of a Doctor Who fan, but I wouldn't rewatch. Yes, you are. Um, and I am reading. I just started a new book that called, the first book's called The Shadow of What Was Lost. It's um, let's see. Who is this by? I don't remember. But it's basically like their thing is if you like um, it's by James Islington. It's supposed to be a trilogy with the third book out in February. And their tagline, whenever they're marketing it, is not necessarily the thing that would get me to read something, which is like if you if you like Wheel of Time, you'll like this. I don't like people forcing something like that on me. But I decided to give it a try and I am enjoying it. But I do know where, like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I think you were a really big fan of Wheel of Time because I know that series really well, and there's a lot of weird similarities. Yeah, you ha- I have seen you reread that series multiple times in our friendship. It's true, and that's the sad part about um, Robert Jordan dying is that I'll, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to reread it again. How dare he? The nerve of some people dying. No, it's just like because they. They decide to get another author to finish it, and those books are out there, and they're not the same. It becomes difficult to finish it for me. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I can understand. I'm a big fan of Terry Pratchett, and, and luckily, part of his will was any book on his hard drive got run over by a steamroller. Like, good for him. That's the best thing he could do. Yeah, like, and like, I was sad. Like, they posted pictures of it like happening and everything. I was sad that it happened, but I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I understand. You don't. You don't want to go the route that happened to a uh, guy who did Star Trek. Uh, Roddenberry? Yeah, Gene Roddenberry, where you should have, like, decades of, like, Gene Roddenberry's Sequest DSV. And he did not do Sequest, but he did do Andromeda. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I always get confused. But there's also there's another one that has his name on it, isn't there? There may be. I'm not sure. But, um... But that's like that's like the book that I just started reading, which has been good. Other than that, there's been no comics that I've been like, oh my gosh, you have to read this. I've been listening to the audiobook of Sherlock Holmes, which is nice. Nice. I've never really listened to any of um, him, so. That you bring to mind, though, I will recommend. 
the I forget what the company is that does the audio the radio the audio plays for Doctor Who. Big Finish, Big Finish Production does audio plays for Doctor Who, and they do yeah. it with the voice actors who were the actors on the series. I, I I keep meaning to do like listen to those because of like they get everyone so so they they do the eighth Doctor mm-hmm. Paul McGann and those are good but during our road trip to Nashville we listened to they do they have like six of David Tennant uh, and I skipped the three that were David Tennant and Billy Piper but I did we did listen to three that were David Tennant and um, Kevin. Catherine Tate, Donna Noble, they were pretty good. Mm. Like, like it was fun hearing David Tennant be the Doctor again with Catherine Tate. With Catherine Tate in his own thing, and they're gonna do another three next year, but they're gonna have um, Catherine Tate's like family with it with Wilson. Oh, nice, nice. I do love, I do love Wilf. Like he's a great. I, I, I do like Donna. She was the best companion. Donna's my second favorite companion, and. And I think my wife is, like, she's really on the fence. She might feel that Wilf is her favorite companion. I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't count special exclusive companions just because it's, a, just because they're either great or terrible. She does. She doesn't follow your rules. <laughs> well, I know. But, um, I, I did, like, Donna Noble, the, my, my watching through that with, with my wife was really what it took for me to, like, just sit down and watch each episode of Tenet and the, yeah definitely Donna Noble is up there Donna Noble Rory and um, and Bill Potts Bill Potts is one of Bill the best Potts, companions yeah she was really good I'm really sad that we only got one season of her likewise that was the surprising thing that both, um, both my wife and I kind of felt was like when we started watching Peter Capaldi we didn't like him like it wasn't he wasn't an enjoyable doctor and he kind of like really did developed the character and turned into something that like we really loved yeah i mean i'm not surprised because like i kind of had that same reaction with um matt smith like it took me a year like it took me until that first christmas episode i'm like oh okay you're fine now like like you like everyone seemed to kind of get the character that he was trying to do so yeah i I can understand yeah unfortunately it sounds like um since we're talking about dr it sounds like um, Jodie Whittaker still having a little tr- trouble really finding her her groove, but we're rooting for. Well, it takes like a good season, you know, to get that. You yeah, I mean, it's, I'm enjoying the new series, but again, it, I, it's that first season. You know, finding your feet. We're a couple episodes behind, but we're we were we're giving it time. It took like the last season, the last episode we watched, which I want to say was like the third episode. Mm-hmm. I think they're on. I think they just aired the fifth but the third episode was the first episode it took place that took place in like space with her mm-hmm. and was just like oh okay no this is this is more like Doctor Who that we that we that meshes with us yeah so we'll see uh, we wish her the best we're really hoping that she turns makes it wonderful yeah but um uh, what about on that note yes you, you didn't answer the question, man. I have not answered the question. I uh, know. Uh, so I think between the last time I answered the question and this time, the sixth or ninth season of Great British Bake Off hit Netflix. Yeah. So that's 
So that's the second se- so for people who know it, that's the second season that has Prue instead of Mary Berry. Because they changed channels, because Paul Hyde was an asshole. But I think I think the sort of the, the, the recast has grown on me. Particularly the the, the the new hosts, I don't mind. And all the contestants are still, you know, enjoyable and good good people. Well I'm glad you're enjoying food. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy you found something to enjoy. It's such a good show. It's so good. So good. Oh, it's so good. Come on, there's an episode where they make a cookie Dalek. That's cute. That's pretty cute. Yeah, you should watch it. That's in uh season two, I think. Okay. I wanna I wanna thank um all the people, uh Basil, Daryl Surratt, um Grant Grant the Thief, Twitless Kev, Kev. like all those questions. It really like it was something that I appreciated to help us like wrap this up and kind of focus our thoughts now that we're ending. It, it provided a much stronger avenue than it would have just been us meandering. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Um, but we hope that those of you who came to us for the Babblecast stay with us for all the things we're going to do at the end of this year and next. And if you've left us because of the Babblecast, we hope you come back. Yeah, please, please come, come back. Please come back. <laughs> please come home. We miss you. We, we're done. You can come and join us Tom. <laughs> it's over, Tom. You can come home. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to do some fun stuff. We, we have um, we have our Anime Secret Santa assignments. Where uh, I haven't started watching mine yet, but that is imminent. I have watched the first episode of all three of mine and selected the one that is the least offensive to, to me. And I I chose two of my selections. Those of you who are longtime listeners will know that sometimes I'm ambitious. It's not that bad this year, guys. Don't worry. Yes, it's just I, I chose two because it's basically three movies. It's yeah. kind of like two and a half movies. I'm not involved in this. And, but you are welcome to join us if you want to be. Maybe... And then we have, um, we'll have our Christmas episode, which is, it's going to be, you know, if you've listened it's gonna to us. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, it'll be fun. It's not a Patrick Swayze Christmas, but it, but it will, uh, it will be good. There was a Patrick open, Swayze. <laughs> open, uh, go onto YouTube and look up There's a Song from Mr. Science Theater. Okay. But in the meantime, that that's that's pretty much what you can expect out of us for the rest of the year. And we're going to hit next year, we're going to hit the ground running. Yeah, feel free to let them know how much you miss me. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. That's not the point. <laughs> he just wants a popularity trip. Yes. Obviously. But, yeah. I hope I don't... Diego knocks on your doors and just drags you out of your house to make you record something. God knows you live close enough now. I do. Uh, I find myself unknowing on how to wrap up this last Battlecast. Thank you and goodbye. This is ISN signing off. This has been the final episode of the Battlecast. Thank you for listening in for all these years. If you would like to find us online, you can go on Twitter where we all are. Uh, Vincenzo, myself, is at Vinny Av, A-G-C. 
DA can be found at DM underscore AGC. And David can be found at Happy Go Lucky. If you want to find our back catalog of episodes, go to www.allgeeksconsidered.com to find those. We're also available on iTunes, Google Play, I believe we're on SoundCloud. And if we're not there, please let me know. I can do everything I can to get it added. And if you want to support this podcast, go to ko-fi.com slash allgee. That is K-O-F-I dot C-O-M slash A-L-L-G-E-E. Again, thank you for listening. It has been an honor for all the feedback we've gotten on this.